Hello, Heath, a car theist or truck theist. I'm no longer in the car. I sold that. Uh, getting ready to move move away for a PhD uh, program. Uh, anyhow, I want to do a short video on a video that was shared with me about uh, Joe Rogan asking Matthew McConaughey a question about uh, the uh, reliability of the Bible as Matthew McConaughey uh, identifies, I think, as a Christian. And uh, and so Jeff Rogan had a post a question, kind of a complex question, uh, or uh, had many assumptions behind it common assumptions, uh, common uh, poor assumptions. And I think I don't think Jeff Rogan, or uh, Joe Rogan, uh, asked the question um, in spite, but actually maybe digging out how it is that Matthew can trust in a, a book that is unreliable, according to the question, or presumably po potentially unreliable. Unre Again, I, I think maybe Joe Rogan himself is a Christian, or he has Christian sentiments, I don't know. But anyway, so I want to deal with that question, and I also want to deal with Matthew's response. Matthew's response was he basically said he takes the practical stuff, the teachings of Jesus, but he doesn't take, he doesn't know what to do with the miracles. He's not denying the miracles, but he doesn't know what to do with them. And so I just want to give a helpful response for Matthew, and then also unpack Joe's question, and hopefully that will help Joe as well, if they ever watch this video. Uh, so, uh, number one with the, in terms of the not knowing what to do with the miracles. Well, first and foremost, if we're going into the scripture and we're reading the Bible and that God created the heavens and the earth, Bereshit bara Elohim, we have, that's Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Um, that means that all the norms and regularities of nature are God's sustaining work by his word of power. We see this in Hebrews 1, Colossians 2, um, and John 1, that word became flesh and dwelt among us. That principle upholds all things in order and meaningfully is the word of God, uh, the eternal son, Jesus, according to scripture. And so all of life is filled with meaning because God spoke things, structured things such that uh, it is meaningful. Uh, so when we come across miracles, say the burning bush, where God is disclosing himself through that figure, i.e. God is not material, but he's the immaterial God over creation, but he reveals himself to Moses in a particular way that would identify that this is the God of the universe, i.e. a burning bush that's not consumed. And uh, so all that event is, is showing that God is working in his creation in a way that is what we would call uh, non-normative. So every day is a miracle work of God by his word of power upholding nature. And he can work in nature in ways that disclose uh, more variables. So humans, uh, as we do our scientific inquiry, we're just observing uh, the, the way in which God meaningfully upholds the universe every day and he and his God uh, is over creation can work in creation in a way that does not contradict or conflict with how he's doing things but it just adds more variables which we don't observe every day and thus we call it a miracle. Uh, it shows that God's hand is doing something. This goes to Jesus walking on the water uh, and again to assume that God can sustain water according to the scripture Point of view that all water is upheld and sustained by God in a meaningful way, that God can do that, but he cannot part water would be a contradictory. That God clearly to part water or to let water sit on its belly, if you will, <laughs> um, is both miraculous. So, so I hope that's helpful, Matthew. There's no distinction between faith and science. Um, all science is predicated upon faith. I uh, observe my door on this car every day. I test it out uh, to see if it is a door by opening it. Uh, and so I trust that when I grab the door handle, I'm going to open it. This is just basic science working out in our in our daily lives. But there might be one day where I come up and I go to open the door and it doesn't open. And that surprises me. I trusted that it would open based on my observation of the data. Uh, that's necessarily what will, will happen every time. It turns out there's another variable. Maybe my door got 
uh, broke somehow or a chair we sit in a chair we think it's going to hold us up we sit in it and actually one time uh, we fall out of the chair because the leg breaks well there's a variable there we didn't account for but we had trust in our science we trusted in what we knew and understood and we turned out to be wrong in that chance of uh, leg breaking off the chair so all all science starts predicates on, upon faith uh, all science actually predicates on the, the assumption that meaning can be drawn out of things otherwise there'd be no pursuit of science uh, and then the end of science is also philosophy and theology if if we don't uh, know what to do with the data or take it to as you you noted uh, practical conclusions then all it is is just data before us and we do nothing with it. So science itself is a, uh, a subject of faith and uh, rooted in faith, and it ends in theology and philosophy. Otherwise, yeah, again, it just sits there and does nothing. It's just observed phenomena. Um, hope that's helpful there. In terms of the manuscripts, the Bible being translated for thousands of years, many, many manuscripts, and thus unreliable or potentially unreliable, uh, how, how does one trust in it? Um, well, actually, the many manuscripts over many, many years uh, supports the validity and the veracity, the uh, tr the trustworthiness of Scripture. As we have, for example, in the Old Testament, of all the manuscripts, only about 10% or maybe even uh, less in, in terms of variants are there. And of those, most of those variants are uh, clarifications of the scribes, where they add maybe a preposition. Uh, So-and-so went to Jerusalem, where that, that directional... Lamed is not needed uh, uh, because it's just apparent in the text, but the scribes tend to clarify meaning, uh, and so we see that as, as the variants, a lot of them are just clarifications. Um, so that does not distort the meaning, and so that brings us down to even a lower percentage of variants that are potentially troublesome. Uh, it brings us back to things like, uh, let's see, um, uh, uh, words duplicated. Scribes oftentimes would read duplicate words, uh, getting lost in their scribal uh, work, and uh, that, but that's clear as well. Seeing a word twice in a row, and so a lot of these variants aren't are not issues, and so it's it's really a straw man to even propose that. Uh, in terms of and so if, and if we go down to the theological ones, we're down to like one percent, if that, and those ones are solved by context by the author in his own uh, book. You can determine what was. Uh, the original text or not, and uh, no reason to question otherwise. In terms of the New Testament, there are so many manuscripts that can be compared in the same issue. We work it down by uh, induction and text critical method, and, and by the disbursement of manuscripts, text families. Uh, we're brought back again, same thing with the Old Testament, where you're down to a few texts that could be theologically challenging. And in light of those, when you're given the context of the author, say Paul and Pauline thought, you're able to observe his syntax, his word choices, and other texts, and come back to any troublesome text and clarify that meaning. Uh, really, this has been a, a straw man put on the Bible for years, and it's always been debunked by good, just solid r r scientific research, if you will, a logical uh, use of human thinking. So the text is trustworthy. Uh, the multiple manuscripts over many, many years supports its trustworthiness. Um, and, uh, and so I just, I hope that's helpful for, for you, Joe, and for Matthew. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, hope, hope you guys, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm, I'm just, I'm just tired of talking. Yeah, have a good one.